This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. In the shotgun, Carr's going to throw, pumps, looks end zone, throws for the end zone, wide open! James Young! gambler i only play the slots because you know what they say scared money don't make money and i got scared money rogers to the end zone caught for the touchdown james jones john gruden has not coached since 2008 so what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level you know and it's just cali swag what's good raider nation this is a bonus episode of keeping it 300 i'm fallon smith My guy James Jones, he is somewhere on a plane right now on his way to Green Bay, but this was unplanned. Um, A couple days ago, I started to get a little emotional thinking about the final game at the Coliseum, you know, the end of an era. So I decided, hey, why don't I do a Memories at the Coliseum podcast? So I've collected some memories from members of Raider Nation. Thank you guys so much for sending in your clips. Uh, You're going to hear them in just a few minutes. And I'll share some of my favorite memories, both personally and professionally. And we're going to have a special guest on this episode that I'm really, really excited about. But before we do all that, I want to play a clip. It is courtesy of ESPN. Shout out also to Raider Beat, who gave me a heads up about it. Asked if I saw it, and I was like, whoa, this is so cool. Um, So the black hole will be featured on E60 next week, December 17th. And here is a little preview clip. We've been battered and bruised, and we've moved and come back. This is it, man. The end of an era. But our colors don't change. We're silver and black. And unto these colors for which we stand, Raider Nation under a group with free speech and liberty, remember the two. There's something about these people that are, they're nuts. <laughs> he who has ears, let him hear. I hereby declare... Raiders fan. We look at the Raiders as real. They left us before. And they came back. That's real life. Stuff leaves. Stuff dies. Stuff moves. Stuff changes. We don't. That's Raider Nation. Woo-wee! I cannot wait to see that. That really gave me chills, but it also... Man, it made me sad. Made me sad, guys. I can't believe this is it. It is really it. Man. Well, I'll start with my Coliseum memories and why the Oakland Coliseum is so special to me and my family. As you know, the Coliseum was originally home to the Raiders from 1966 to 1981. Then they moved to L.A. So they cheated on us once. <laughs> and then they moved back in 1995. So we took them back, y'all. 
Now they're cheating on us again. Whoa. Just kidding. Um, I need to stop being dramatic. Anyways, most of Raider Nation knows this already, but if this is your first time tuning in, maybe you don't know this, but my late grandfather, Emmett Dawson Smith, was the head superintendent on the Coliseum build back in the 60s, right? And on his tombstone, it literally says on his tombstone, the man who built the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum and Arena. Yes, he was also on the what is now Oracle you know, build, because they were both built at the same time in the 60s. So needless to say, I've been a Raiders fan since birth, which was 1984, the year they won their third and last Super Bowl title. Hopefully it's not their last, though. Um, just the last since. <laughs> so 35 freaking years ago. Uh, I was born actually that summer, so I wasn't even alive for that. So I haven't experienced a lot of Raiders success throughout my life. Them going to the Super Bowl only to get whooped by John Gruden and his Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in 2003 was the best year that they've had since I've been alive. But I wouldn't change it for anything, okay? Raider Nation, we have the best and most loyal fans in the world. We also happen to have the best colors in the NFL, silver and black, baby. Yup. I always joke with my 49er fan friends and always say how 49er fans are bougie and they're more like wine and cheese drinkers. Then when I look at Raider fans, we are more like tequila shot takers. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) We have way more fun. We are way cooler. Yeah, you could have fun drinking wine, but you know what I mean. It's just an analogy I use. So 49er fans, y'all drink wine and eat cheese and crackers at the games. We take tequila shots at Raiders games, okay? Anyhow, I'm not taking any tequila shots these days because, as you guys know, I'm pregnant. So (laughs) that's out the window. But growing up, going to games was always quite the experience. (laughs) I uh, remember one game in particular. I believe it was in 1999. Uh, I went to a game with my cousins. We played the Jets. We didn't have great seats, but the atmosphere was electric. It was awesome. Totally remember that. Uh, I think we ended up winning that game, like a close game. Uh, The sad part is, the one thing I remember from that game, though, that always stuck with me (laughs) till this day, was we were sitting next to a Jets fan. They were actually in front of us. Um, It was a Jets fan and his kid. And all game long, Raiders fans made him miserable. They were throwing freaking food at him. During the game, he had his little son with him. I mean, imagine, you know, being that kid and you look up to your daddy and then, you know, you got Raider fans throwing food at this guy, man. You could heckle him all game, but throwing the food at him was, was kind of like, I don't know, it was a little overboard, a little disrespectful. I kept, you know, saying, just take off your jersey so they will stop, you know, uh, because I felt so, so bad. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I was only, what, maybe 14 years old, 15 years old. I don't know how to do math. Um, I think I was like 15 years old. Um, And he was getting embarrassed in front of his kid. And I was like, dang, y'all, Raider Nation is ruthless. Y'all have no chill. But honestly, that's what makes Raider Nation Raider Nation. Um, I will say throwing the food, obviously, was a little overboard. The heckling stuff, that is totally fine. Um, It was only a few jerks, you know, who were throwing food. And we all told him to cut it off. But, man, that was so sad. (laughs) Raider Nation, y'all are ruthless, man. But I love y'all. Okay, you're crazy. Now, another time I remember was in 2007. It's just funny. And I thought about it yesterday. Um, My college boyfriend, he played for the Detroit Lions, all right? So the Lions came to Oakland. It was a preseason game. 
obviously I asked him to get tickets for me, my friend, and my parents, right? He did. And looking back, I realized I was pretty darn disrespectful. (laughs) I got tickets from a Lions player, right? But guess what? I still came to the game all decked out in Raiders gear. And to make matters worse, after the game, (laughs) when we went down to where the team bus was, you know, to meet up with him, where all the families meet up after the game, I was still in my Raiders gear. Mm -hmm. And I took a picture with him in my Raiders gear. Mm -hmm. I did not care. I did not care (laughs) at all. And I still have those pictures and it's so funny looking back like that is legit disrespectful because now being a coach's wife, I'm thinking about how I don't care who you are. If I got you a ticket to our game, to my husband's game, you know, you will not be wearing the other team's colors, okay? You will not be cheering for the other team. I don't care if you went to that school. You better ask somebody else for tickets, okay? I ain't having it. You ain't sitting with me. So um, clearly I didn't care. (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't do that today, though. That's kind of messed up. But anyhow, that was a pretty funny memory for me. And then fast forward to my professional career, man. So many amazing memories at the Coliseum from the drive in to finally getting a parking spot. Then I stopped by a couple tailgates, you know, a lot of my friends through tailgates, including the family friend who will be joining us a little bit later in the show. Uh, So I would stop by tailgates. I would say hi to fans all the time. This is every single game that I covered. Um, I would take pictures with fans and then I would make my way into the Coliseum. And if any media members listen to this podcast, you know what I'm about to say. And you feel my pain here. We would walk into the Coliseum, okay, and then have to wait for the freaking slowest elevator on the face of the planet to take us to the press box. Oh my goodness. So I would always go and I have a bunch of stuff, my backpack, laptop, etc., right? And I would go drop off my stuff in the press box, then have to get back on the slow elevator to take me down to the field for pregame. And that thing was not only slow, it was small. We were always all crammed in there every single game. But honestly, good times, good times. Um, When the Raiders played around Christmas and or um, on Christmas Eve, I remember we had a couple Christmas Eve home games when I covered the team. I would always bring tamales to the press box. Josh from the AP, Josh DeBeau from the AP. When I posted about doing this podcast, he uh, DM'd me and he said, clearly the CEO sack dance game was my favorite memory. And then second choice is any game with Fallon's tamales. <laughs> yeah, I always had fun, you know, getting to feed my fellow colleagues and give them a taste of my Mexican culture. So that was great. I'll always remember those days for sure. But there are a few games that stand out when it comes to my professional Coliseum memories. Um, I started covering the Raiders for NBC Sports back in 2013, so there weren't many great memories those first few years. (laughs) I mean, I remember them ending 2013 on a six-game losing streak, okay? And then starting the season 0-10 in 2014. So I covered 16 straight losses, bro. Brutal, okay? Brutal. But Thursday Night Football, Raiders, Chiefs, Derek Carr hooks up with my guy and Keeping It 300 co-host James Jones on a play that we now know was called Mickey Mouse. (laughs) And the Raiders take the lead and they end up winning the game. I think he scored with under two minutes to go. 
I was like, finally, bro, finally, finally. Everybody in the press box was like, finally, okay? <laughs> finally, because I think we were all relieved that we finally got to cover a win, okay? Finally got to do a winning post-game show. And to top things off, you know, the cherry on top was my childhood best friend, James Jones, caught the game-winning touchdown in Derek Carr's first career win. And for the first time in 16 straight games, we were in a winning locker room with smiling faces. (laughs) Okay, we finally saw some smiling faces after the game. So all in all, it was just a great moment and a moment that I will never, never, never forget. Then there was 2017 Raiders Chiefs again. Thursday night football again. It was the game that never seemed to end. (laughs) Seriously. But luckily for the Raiders, it was a good thing. Oh, man. Um, First, we thought, remember, guys? First, we thought Carr had thrown a game-winning touchdown to Jared Cook. Nope. It was overturned. Next play, we thought Michael Crabtree caught a touchdown. (laughs) But that was wiped out because of an offensive pass interference call. And then the Chiefs. This is the final seconds of the game, okay? Final seconds of the game. Then the Chiefs were called for holding, not once, but twice, with no time left on the clock, right? So the game was extended. Um, extended twice. And Derek Carr finds Michael Crabtree in the front corner of the end zone for the game-winning touchdown in prime time. It was awesome. That was a pretty cool game to cover I cannot even lie. But when we're in the press box, because usually with two minutes to go, everybody goes down to the locker room. But I'm like, I'm not missing this. You know what I mean? I'll take the next elevator, even though it's slow as heck. But I was like, there's no way I'm missing this. So I just stood there. Everybody was standing up in the press box because it was the far end zone. It was the north side end zone, I believe. Yes. And we were all just looking up like, oh, the Raiders won. Nope. Then you think, oh, the Raiders won. Nope. And then, oh, the Raiders lost. Nope. Holding. Oh, the Raiders lost. Nope. Holding. And then Michael Crabtree catches the ball. Finally, game over. Raiders win. So it was pretty awesome. Um, I think, though, who was it? Giorgio Tavecchio, I think, was. um, I think Tavecchio was our kicker. He had to kick the extra point for us to win the game, I believe. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, of course, then you got 2016. The what-if season. What if Derek Carr never broke his leg? Anyhow, regardless, it was a great season to cover. Okay, we're finally covering a good team. It was an exciting time, you know, to be a beat reporter for the Oakland Raiders because they were finally winning games, getting national coverage, etc. Um, the game I remember at the Coliseum that stands out aside from the Christmas Eve game that derailed the Raiders' hopes and dreams, you know, after D.C. went down, um, was when the Raiders were playing the Bills. They were down 24-9 to in the third quarter. And then they end up scoring 29 unanswered points. <laughs> And improved to 10-2 and two on the season. Uh, the reason I remember this game so vividly is because the Raiders are one of, maybe the only team actually, but maybe one of few teams that don't allow on-field interviews after the game. Unless you're the national network covering the game, okay? But in 2016, you know, the season was going so well that they let a few of us, a few of us, select few, uh, do some on-field interviews after wins. So for this game, Will Kiss, the Raiders' head PR guy, uh, media relations guy, he asked me, hey, do you want to do a post-game interview on the field? I was like, what? Heck yeah, sure do. So I got Jalen Richard after the game. He was great. 
Um, but it was my first on-field post-game interview covering the Raiders, so I just soaked it all in, to be honest with you, because there was chaos and mayhem still going on around me, and usually I'm all bored, you know, waiting by the locker room for the locker room to open after the game. But this was like people cheering, fans fans were still screaming, you know, you had players shaking hands and all that craziness after the game. So I finally got to experience that as a reporter for the first time, you know, on the field post-game interview when the emotions were really, really raw. Um, so that was just really fun. And yeah, um, I could go on and on and tell you a bunch of crazy press box stories or other Coliseum stories, but I want to get to Raider Nation, okay? So I want to hear some of your guys' favorite Coliseum memories. So what I'm going to do now is play some audio clips from Raider Nation, you guys sharing with me your favorite Coliseum memories. Now, some of you did not state your name, so I'll have to cut in and, and introduce some of the clips. So... This first one is from Romero. He's from Sacramento. And I love this memory because it happened in 2017. Romero thought it was last year, but that's okay because I know you wanted to feel like it happened yesterday, you know, because everybody misses Beast Mode. Take a listen. So my favorite Coliseum memory is when uh, Marshawn, uh, I believe it was his first score when they played the Jets. Um, I want to say... Uh, was it last year? I think it was last year. And uh, he had scored, and um, he started dancing and going crazy. And the whole Coliseum just, like, went up, and they everybody was dancing. Like, that was, like, my highlight of being a Coliseum. It seemed like Marshawn dancing. The whole Coliseum was dancing with him. I loved it, too. Marshawn going stupid, going dumb, getting hyphy on the sideline. The Jets, not so much. They were definitely irked after that. And then I think the Raiders went on a losing streak. Is that what happened? Ugh. It was 2017. I don't even want to think about it. Final year under Jack Del Rio. Hmm. We miss you, Marshawn. Anyways, moving on. This next one is from Nathan Ingle. Hey, Fallon. I uh, want to share my story about the Oakland Raiders. Uh, I grew up in Southern California. I was born in Oakland. Uh, grew up in Southern California. So a lot of my Raider games were at the L.A. Coliseum. Uh, and my first game was the 83 84 AFC Championship against the Seahawks. Uh, I was nine. Uh, after beating the Steelers, my dad helped set up and take down the area for the press conference that the Raiders had. And as he was taking down uh, all of his equipment, uh, Al Davis came up and gave him four tickets to the AFC Championship game. And that's how we got to go. Um, I went to five Raider games in Los Angeles. In 94, uh, my parents moved up to a small town in northeast California, uh, 90 miles north of Tahoe. And uh, I had dropped out of college for a few years and was working uh, up in the area. And I bought tickets to the Raiders-Eagles game. And me and my dad went. And the Raiders won the game, 49 unanswered points, uh, after the Eagles went up 24 to nothing. But that wasn't as electric as walking to the stadium before the game, uh, walking out of the stadium after the game, uh, hitting the tailgates, meeting people like uh, Violator, Gorilla Rilla, Darth Vader, uh, uh, at the time and, and some of those guys uh, that you get to meet uh, walking through. I've never been to a game where you have felt 
the energy and the electricity that you felt before a game, during a game, and after the game. And uh, it, it was such a fabulous experience. Uh, you know, L.A. was different, uh, uh, where the feeling was a little more violent, if you will. Uh, but Oakland, Oakland was just a fabulous experience uh, that we've got to enjoy. I live in Austin, Texas now. Uh, and it's been a bucket list of mine for several years to try and get out that way and take my son to an Oakland Raider game and let him it, it share in that experience. And uh, plans fell through for this year, and it, it pains me that I'll, I'll never have that chance uh, to take him through an experience like that in Oakland. Uh, I will always be a Raiders fan. Uh, I will root for them uh, no matter where they are. Uh, but I know from my experience between Los Angeles and Oakland, it's not going to be the same as it was in Oakland. Uh, so that's, that's my experience. Uh, I wish the Raiders the best. I wish the city of Oakland the best as well. Uh, happy holidays to you and everyone who listens to the podcast. And just win, baby. Oh my goodness, Nathan, that made me so sad. At first I was like, man, Al Davis, that's awesome. Gave you guys four tickets to the AFC Championship game. Wow. And then hearing about your Oakland Coliseum experience, that obviously is awesome. And then you crushed me when you said your son will never get to experience the Oakland Coliseum on game day because plans fell through this year. Oh, that hurt me to the core. Hopefully you can make it out to Vegas and you guys can build and make new memories in Vegas. But nothing is like the Coliseum at all. All right, this next guy gets on my nerves. I'm just kidding. I love him. (laughs) He doesn't need an introduction. So here he is. Fallon, what's up? It's Raider Cody, your best friend. Uh, I know you want us to share some of our favorite memories, I guess, from the Coliseum. I don't necessarily have one, uh, but I will share that the Coliseum never disappointed because every trip I made, everything was, you know, just exactly uh, how it was the trip before. Uh, always fun, always exciting. The tailgate was always perfect. Uh, I'll always miss the barbecues. I'll always miss meeting new Raider fans, no matter who your neighbor was. Um, I guess those are all together as one of my favorite memories. But I will give you one thing. Um, one thing that I'm going to take away from the Coliseum and that was with my wife because my wife, whenever I met her was, I guess, technically a Rams fan. I don't want to say she was really, truly a diehard Rams fan, but, uh, right before I got engaged with her, I took her to her first Raider game and that was pretty much, uh, the, the real deal. That's where we, we got the stamp of approval. That's where she officially decided, look, the silver and black is where it's at. She loved being a Raiders fan after that. And now I think uh, in six or seven years, she now probably has more Raiders gear than I do. So the experience at that Coliseum is what made her a Raiders fan. And for that, forever thankful. So yeah, keep it 300, Fallon. I'm always keeping it 300, Cody. I'm just happy that you were able to convert your wife. Didn't seem like it took a lot of convincing, though. So Raider Nation did its job. Love it. All right, so since I just played Raider Cody's, I have to play his homeboy, his friend. You know, you might hear him on Real Talk. Kenny King Jr., who played me because he sent me an audio clip, and he didn't even say his name. And he should know how this works. Golly, he takes calls, you know, on his pod. 
Lord. Anyways, a lot of people didn't say their name or where they're from. It's okay. It's the first time I'm doing this. Next time we'll get it right. So without further ado, here are Kenny King Jr.'s favorite Coliseum memories. Favorite Coliseum memory, huh? Well, I have two. And one of them is something good for the Raiders, and then the other is something uh, that wasn't good for the Raiders, but it was actually really good for, for football and for the player involved. Um, first and foremost, you know, I think the one that wasn't great for the Raiders was Brett Favre's performance after his father passed away. You know, to come out there the day after his dad died and to completely torch us, he was 400 yards passing, four touchdowns. And for him to get the reception that he received from the fans in the Coliseum and from everybody in Raider Nation, uh, it just shows that a lot of things are bigger than football and that, you know, somebody's life and somebody's family is more important than the game at the end of the day. Um, and I've always had a tremendous respect for Fard, and he's, you know, my favorite non-Raider of all time. Um, but, yeah, I think that was one of the biggest the biggest moments, non non-good for the Raiders, or something that wasn't great for the Raiders. I think for, for us, my favorite uh, would have to be our Derek Carr's first win in the Coliseum against the Chiefs on Thursday night football in the rain. I'm sitting there soaked. I bought a poncho at halftime that did absolutely nothing for me. Uh, luckily, I was three sheets to the wind by that point. But, you know, remember seeing Seal Moore and, and Khalil Mack celebrating 15 yards back and screaming at them like I could do something seeing Woodson and, and Tuck getting into it, knowing that that if we lost that game, they would probably throw hands in the locker room with those two. Uh, but just having that game, being down, you know, 0-10, and, and everything that had happened already, and if I, to finally get that win at home on a Thursday night, national televised game, that was huge. Yeah, it definitely was huge and huge for everybody involved, including us, the beat writers and beat reporters, <laughs> because we were having a miserable season and covering a losing team, asking the same questions over and over again gets real old real fast. So thank you, Raiders, for winning that game. Also, it was funny because Tuck and Woodson were about to kill Sia Moore. <laughs> they were going to kill him. <laughs> Um, anyways, and then the Brett Favre memory, man, I remember that too. It kind of gave me chills. It sucked because you actually were cheering for him and were happy that he had success that night, even though your team lost. Man. All right, here's another one. Hi, Fallon. This is my favorite Oakland Coliseum moment. My name is Bruce Doty, and I live in Redwood Shores, California. From 1969 to 1975, I worked for the Oakland Raiders as a press box aide. In the early 1970s, Monday Night Football was becoming extremely popular, and with Howard Cosell as an announcer, you either loved him or you hated him. The Raiders hosted a game, and as is the custom at 6 o'clock, Keith Jackson and Howard Cosell would do an intro for a few minutes discussing the game, and so the ABC cameras would shoot them in the foreground, and then the crowd would be in the background. An ingenious fan had made a sign and attached a speaker to it. He went up to the third deck and positioned himself above the ABC booth and then dropped the sign with wire uh, into the view of the ABC booth and the crowd. So there'd be Howard Cosell and Keith Jackson in the foreground, the sign dangling behind them, and then the Raider crowd and the field uh, in the background. The sign said, bite me. 
And then in a, in a low uh, tone, every few seconds, you would hear the fan in the background going, bite me, Howard, bite me, Howard, bite me, Howard. It was just absolutely hilarious. I was positioned outside the ABC booth watching the introduction just to take it all in for posterity's sake. And it was truly one of the funny thing, funniest things I've ever seen. Oh my goodness, that is awesome, Bruce. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love hearing stories from, you know, before I was born because I'm only 35, so obviously I wasn't alive back then. So thank you so much for sharing that memory. That's awesome and definitely hilarious. All right, so this next memory is from Christian Johnson. He's from Oakland, lifelong Raiders fan, and he actually grew up just around the corner from the Coliseum. Take a listen. To ask a kid that grew up in East Oakland on 82nd, blocks away, not even a mile and a half away from the Coliseum, it's impossible to choose one favorite memory. I won't do that. <laughs> but I can definitely go back to my first memory, going to the game. And I've been to so many different games, from walking to the A's games for fireworks, to sitting on top of my roof of my house to watch the free fireworks, to going to those Raiders games and... Like I said, I'll start with my first game ever, 1998, going against the Ryan Leaf-led Chargers. And, you know, game day's on Sunday. It's a Saturday night. I'm about six years old. I, Lord knows what I was doing. But my uncle pulled up to my house with, with my Raiders hat. I still have it to this day. And said, all right, we're going to the game. And it's a Saturday night. And I'm thinking, the game's tomorrow. Well, tailgate starts Saturday night in Oakland. So we go over to Hagenberger Avenue and meet up with his friend who had an RV camper for tailgate Saturday night. And I just remember from that day on, it was just an out-of-body experience. Like my body was there, my mind was not. I was, with the, I was up late, eating good, and I swear from that night, my uncle had a beer in his hand every time I looked at him from Saturday night all the way through the game clinching interception that propelled us to beat the Chargers. But we'll get to that in a second. Saturday night was amazing. Sunday morning is just, like I said, I'm just watching. I'm seeing costumes. I'm seeing all type of people. I'm hearing all types of music from Latin music to rap music, everything. It's, the Bay Area is so diverse, you can't really compare it to nowhere else. And I remember before we're going into the game, I'm like, this is amazing. My uncle's about to walk to the ticket line, and a girl grabs him. Mind you, he's married for 30 years, but he's already having a ball. What's a nice salsa dance gonna do before entering the game? That's Oakland for you though. So I seen that, I'm like, man, my uncle's just having a blast. And who would have known his $15 tickets to sit in Mount Davis would change my life? And it has, and this Sunday, I will be out there filming for a short film on the, the last night in Oakland. Follow me at Prime C82 or at my Twitter, CJ Crosscourt. I will have plenty of film and you'll probably be on camera. But that day in Mount Davis, Charles Wilson got the interception and we won the game and I went home and I almost didn't, almost forgot what home was like. I grew up at the Coliseum. I've had way too many memories there and that's what life is about, is about creating and making memories. And I'm thankful to be a part of Oakland Nation. I know people like the Raider Nation thing, but it started in Oakland and it will always be Oakland Nation. Until we meet again, Oakland Raiders, peace and love. Man, Christian, I was with you the whole time until you said Oakland Nation. <laughs> I mean, I understand, but come on. There's only one nation. That's Raider Nation. 
We're all fans together from Oakland to the South Bay to LA. And now, unfortunately, the Las Vegas fans. But anyway, we ain't got to go there. But no, love your story. Love, love, love your story. It must have been so awesome to have just grown up a mile from the Coliseum. That, yeah, so many memories, I'm sure. So thank you so much for sharing that. All right, we have Raider Bandito next. Y'all know who he is, right? Take a listen. Hey, what's up? This is Bandito. Um, So one of my favorite memories is actually kind of funny. Um, I kind of wasn't involved, but I was at the same time. So we stayed at the Coliseum. This was years, years ago. This is obviously way before October 8th, 2011. Um, We stayed way late at the Coliseum to the point where we were getting kicked out um, and the seagulls were, were flying in. Um, or the birds, I should say, whatever the, whatever those, those things were. Um, so I had to go to the bathroom and my buddy waited outside for me. So this was on the first level, like the first deck. Um, and while I was in the bathroom, um, there was this like honorage walking by and it was, uh, Al Davis. And, um, of course he had, you know, his, his, his guards around him. Um, we had lost the game, so not even my friend could get like a, a picture or an autograph or anything. So, you know, L. Davis is very, very, he's like, he's the epitome of a diehard Raider. Like, you lose, don't even, don't even talk to him, don't even bother him whatsoever. Um, but that's the closest that I ever got to meeting L. Davis um, was, was, was that game. And unfortunately, I wasn't, I was so close yet so far away but unfortunately nature calls um that's what happens you know at a day's worth of the coliseum you know um raider fans have been known to consume a lot of liquid um and that's what happened that day but it's kind of a funny story but i'm kind of bummed um because i at least didn't get to like see him in person um but even if I did, it's not like I would have been able to get a picture or anything like that. So um, at the same time, um, you know, it is what it is. But it's one of the funniest kind of memories that I was a part of. Man, that's a rough one, Bandito. So you never even got to see him. You didn't even get close to him because you were too busy going to the restroom. <sighs> and those are the things you always remember, right? The stuff that you missed out on. Golly. Okay, so this next memory is one of my favorites. I already discussed it earlier. 2017, Thursday Night Football, Raiders, Chiefs, Derek Carr to Michael Crabtree, game over. Now, Rob Hovey sent me this message, and he originally just sent me a video that he took while he was at the game, and it's of that touchdown, that reaction. So first, take a listen to this. Baby, come on, baby. Okay, then I explained to Rob, um, can you send me a video <laughs> or an audio message explaining your favorite memory, please? Thank you. So here he is. All right. My name is Rob Hubby. I'm from Redding, California, which is about three hours north of Oakland. Um, I, have been to a, I have been to a game every year since 2011. I only had seen one win. The year before, I had seen one of two home losses in the 2016 season against the Falcons. So I thought I was never going to see a win again. But I'm a third-generation Raider fan. Um, they're pretty much 80% of my life, as everyone knows. But uh, 
Yeah, it was probably the best moment of my life ever. I, I could not believe it. We went into the stadium expecting the worst, hoping for the best. But, uh, yeah, I'm super glad I got to see a win. I was not able to make a game this year because I am stationed in Virginia. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely one of the best moments of my life, and I'll cherish it forever. Raider Nation. Well, thank you, Rob. And, yes, he was talking about the 2017 Thursday night football game, Raiders-Chiefs. That game was awesome. One of my favorites, of course. I also, Rob, want to thank you for your service. I know, as you mentioned, you're stationed out in Virginia. I hope you have a chance to make it home for the holidays. Uh, If not, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Again, thank you so much for your service. And you guys couldn't see because I'm only showing an audio clip, but he sent me a video clip and he has a Raiders tattoo on his arm. So he's a Raider fan through and through. Thanks so much, Rob. All right, so I asked members of Raider Nation to DM me or email me an audio or video clip that I can play on this podcast. Some of you just emailed me words, (laughs) so clearly I can't play words, but I will read a couple of these emails. So the first one is from Matthew Mangus. I hope I'm saying your last name right. If not, I apologize. But uh, he said, my favorite memories of the Coliseum is going to the games with my dad. We usually took Bart to the game. Those were the best moments with my dad and the memories I will never forget. He's from Fremont, California. Thank you, Matthew. A lot of those memories, you know, going to the games, those are the things you remember more so than the actual game itself. Tailgating, um, the rides on the bar with his dad, like he said, you know, those kinds of things really, really stick with people. You know, it's the overall game day experience, not just the game itself. So I totally understand where he was coming from. Okay, so this one is an interesting one. It's from Jim Caldwell. He wrote, I'm from New York and have been a Raiders fan since 1977 and have only been out west once. Raiders versus Chargers, September 2003. Raiders won an OT on a Janikowski field goal. Totally remember that. Definitely remember that game and where I was, actually. But anyways, okay, back to Jim. He wrote, The best part is sitting in the players' wives' section. So apparently his friend's ex from college was a babysitter for some Raiders players, okay? So he said the best part is sitting in the players' wives' section for the game and going to the after-game dinner at the hotel and being in the food line behind Tim Brown and 10 feet away from Woodson and Gardner at the bar. He also added the tailgating was amazing with girls dancing in cages, lol, crazy energy at the stadium. (laughs) so his first experience at the coliseum raider nation you made it memorable clearly (laughs) all right marcus medina tweeted me favorite memories tim brown punt return versus the chiefs in 01 yeah remember that charles woodson's two picks versus manning oh yeah and Derek carr's game winner versus the ravens in 15 and khalil max back-to-back closeout games versus panthers and bills in 16 Hashtag Raider Nation, hashtag one last time, hashtag just win, baby. Also want to give a shout out to Gary Kaiser. He messaged me and said, congrats on your pregnancy. So thank you very much. Um, He said, as far as memories go, having numerous old Raiders players come out to our tailgates on the south side. He said also the epic Metallica concert literally 20 yards away during pregame for the AFC Championship game. And epic games in general, including Wheatley in the rain, destroying Kansas City. Oh yeah, I remember that as well. That is awesome. So thank you so much, Gary, for sending that in. And oh my goodness, I almost forgot one audio clip. It's from Adam Dunn. It's because he sent it to me on Instagram, so I forgot to grab it. But Adam, take it away. 
Hey, Rare Nation, this is Adam coming at you from Modesto. Um, talking about memories at the Coliseum. Uh, I've had so many different memories, amazing memories, over all the years of going to games. Um, I would say probably my best memories, uh, first of all, would be uh, being there to watch uh, the Raiders beat up on Denver on Sunday Night Football a few years ago. Uh, growing up, Denver was a team that I despised, so seeing that in person was it was awesome. Um, I would also say probably my best memories, though, have been going to the games with my family, um, you know, tailgating, getting there early, you know, the music blasting and, uh, you know, just having a really good time. And then being going to the game has just been just a truly amazing experience, something I'll always uh, remember. And then, of course, being a part of that atmosphere, that unique atmosphere of Raider Nation that you can't find in any other sport with any other team. It's what makes the Coliseum and makes Raider Nation so amazing. Amen to that, Adam. Amen. Now, so many of you sent me pictures and stuff, but I think you guys forgot this is an audio podcast. I can't show pictures on this audio podcast, but um, I appreciate everybody who reached out to me. Thank you so much. If I didn't get to you, I am sorry, but we are already well over time and we have to get to this interview. So thank you, Raider Nation, again for your help, for your support. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And now without further ado, it's time for our special guest. now to bring in our special guest. He's been a lifelong Raiders fan, has been a season ticket holder since the Raiders returned back to Oakland from LA in 1995. You can catch him in the first row of the Southern End Zone in the Black Hole wearing an American flag hard hat. He happens to be my dad's childhood best friend. We call him Ewok. I don't think he likes it that much, but it's because he's short. I love you. (laughs) Well, Raider Nation, you probably know him as Poppy. It is my pleasure to welcome in San Jose native and my family friend, Andrew D. Domenico. What's up, Andrew? How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, Ewok. I'm not crazy about the Ewok one, but, you know. <laughs> I know. Who, I mean, how did that even happen? Because my whole family knows you as Ewok. How, how did that come about? Was it my dad being a jerk? Well, your dad and another guy on the thing, yeah, because I was the, the shortest guy out there, and uh, <laughs> um, I guess that fit <laughs> at the time. Yeah, but now um, Raider Nation, they know you as Poppy, huh? That's a better name. Big Papa. Papa is what they really call me. Yeah, the, John Gruden calls me Poppy. That's probably where <laughs> I got that from. Okay, so Gruden calls you Poppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. He, his wife his wife brought, uh, uh, came down and visited a couple of games back, and then I gave her my flag to give to John because I've been trying to give it to him. Uh, I always miss him when he comes down and uh, she took the flag and well, she brought it back the last game said she couldn't keep it. So she autographed it for me. And, uh, and that's what it said to Poppy. So uh, oh, that's awesome. So hold on. You gave her an American flag, like a little mini one, like a mini flag or was it a big it's flag? It's a regular full size flag, but it's my flag that says uh, uh, fear of this with the black hole. It's what's on my shirt with the Raider emblem and said, it said Raiders, it says fear this, um, with a Raider and a flag. So you wanted John Gruden to have it and you were confused when she brought it back to you? Yeah, 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 yeah. So she just brought it back and said that, well, we couldn't keep your flag. I guess she maybe thought it was the only flag I had or something like that or whatever. But yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty good. And to, to have her, cause everybody was blown away cause she was walking across the field saying, Poppy, 
Poppy. (laughs) (laughs) And then they gave you a signed flag. Like, so John Gruden signed it and everything. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah, he autographed it. Yeah, those are the cool stories that I really, really like to hear. I'm sure you have um, a lot of them. But I want to start off with saying um, I think it's funny to me that you guys are friends, you and my dad. I don't understand how you guys are friends because I feel like you guys are the complete opposite. (laughs) But obviously it was probably different growing up. But my dad, and the reason why I say complete opposite is when it comes to going to Raiders games, you know, my dad really doesn't like going to Raiders games because he doesn't like to be touched by anybody. Like in, in any close proximity of him, it drives him crazy. So... Being, you know, in the black hole where you guys are rowdy, you know, in a good way, of course, it's really squished down there. And you already know my dad. He probably would fight somebody. He's crazy. But I think he told me that he did go to a game with you, maybe, or at least try to go to a game with you. It just didn't work out. He did. He did. Actually, he he came. I got him down there. He was in my, we were in my seats. And then uh, the next thing I know... He was gone because he couldn't, I, he couldn't, he couldn't stand that. And then I found him up on the third deck. I went looking for him to find out what was going on. And he was up on the third deck. He goes, I think I can't handle that. He's gone. So I'm okay. You know, that's so funny. My, There's that's a crazy. lot of people that can't handle being down that couldn't handle being down there. It's gotten better than what it used to be, but it used to be really, really crazy down there. Oh, so, I bet. Yeah. I know. I bet that's where you guys got your little reputation from, but I'm sure it's been cleaned up, which is great right over the years cleaning it up but i want you to take me back to the beginning though andrew so 1995 raiders returned to oakland from la and you decided to get season tickets or how did that come about well it it started out i was on a job site and i did a favor for this guy helped him get something going and he they were i guess it saved the company a lot of money i don't know how i did that but uh (laughs) but he was big time raider fan and i mean he dominguez uh, he's a big time Raider fan and he helped me out a lot and got me a ticket and we went and I was at the first game in the parking lot and I'm walking through the parking lot in the tailgate, uh, in the tailgating, I pull up and there's a truck with a flatbed truck with a barbecue on it. And these guys are actually barbecuing a pig in the parking lot for the tailgate and it just blew me away and I knew then that that's where I belonged for for the rest of my life anyway so (laughs) yeah for sure so for the last 20 something years you've been a season ticket holder right yes oh absolutely what do you remember about you know those first couple of years at the Coliseum and the evolution of the black hole because it wasn't automatically the black hole in year one uh, yeah i believe it was the the, the second year. well they had already been doing they didn't have the sign see i think uh um when i first went down in into the black hole there they were barely making the sign and they were having a problem because it was registered to um these guys the black hole and and it didn't have Raiders, so I believe Al Davis couldn't use the name the Black Hole, and I think that's how the Raiders got it from these guys, uh, the Black Hole. And but everybody dressed up, and it was just insane down there when it was going on. They were a little more laxed with the uh, the unruliness of some of us down there um, <laughs> at first. 
and it just evolved. When did it really take off? Do you remember a time where, you know, someone told you, hey, I seen you on TV, part of the black hole, or when it kind of took off and became big? Actually, all of that started as far as me was after 9-11 from that return game after 9-11. Um, I've been wearing that hard hat uh, with the, the American flag hard hat with the Fear This stickers on the side. Um, I had that hard hat when I was working with your dad. I bought it years before I had it sitting. I didn't wear it because I, you know, it's American flag. I didn't want to get it wrecked at work. Um, but when, uh, when 9-11 happened, I put that hat on and that's basically when I started getting really, uh, all that recognition came out. And and it's funny, too, because now I see you in almost every single, you know, screenshot or photo when a player scores a touchdown or something, you know, exciting happens or John Gruden after the game, after a win, comes and, and shakes your guys' hand. You're right there in the thick of things. Um, was that your um, always your seats, the front row, or over time did that change as well? Well, uh, originally when I when I first got down there, I I had the two seats in the second row behind, right directly behind me. Okay. And um, there's a guy by the name of Larry. He wears the uh, Air Force pilot's helmet. Okay. Uh, there, he's he. They offered that seat to him, and he told them to give it to me because. We go here. We go back to the Ewok thing. Is I, I was short and I couldn't see in the second row. So, <laughs> so nice. he, he's he's the he's the one who actually got me that front seat. And then I guess it was a few years later uh, before uh, Gorilla Rilla got down there, and uh, that's when it really started. They started taking more pictures down there, and since uh, Gorilla Rilla was there. And, um, yeah, and the only reason everybody sees me is because I'm the only thing in color down there. Everything else is in black and white or black and silver, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's actually true. That is actually very true. And you're the only one that probably doesn't have your face painted either. So (laughs) you could actually see what you look like. Well, I gotta say, I did paint my face one time when, but this was before I was wearing the American flag hat. Um, I painted it one time when we played the 49ers there and we lost to them and I never painted again. I, that's it. I've never, <laughs> I've never painted my face again. <laughs> Good idea. Good idea. Uh, now I will say this from the outside looking in, you know, when people think of Raider Nation and the black hole, you know, people see silver and black and face paint, shoulder pads with spikes. They see, you know, guys like Gorilla Gorilla. They see a lot of scary, scary looking costumes. So the black hole, you know, maybe from the outside looking in is viewed as a menacing group, you know, rough around the edges. Uh, troublemakers, maybe even outlaws, etc. Um, and maybe that was the case back in the day. But needless to say, you guys are honestly the most diehard, passionate, loyal fans in all of sports, in my opinion. So how would you describe the black hole? Well, I would describe it now as exactly that, because it's we're part of it. We are it, you know, and they talk about some of these other teams that got like a 12 or whatever it is to 12 person. Well, we are, I mean, we invented that. They just caught up with us, you know, and (laughs) and all that. uh, The people down there are so great. I mean, 
people bring their babies down there. I mean, little babies, you know, and everybody says, oh, I can't take my kid down. That, that's crazy. People bring these, there's some little, there's some kids over there now that are growing up now that were coming down when they were just parents, parents had to carry them. And everybody down, there's only a few, maybe four or five people that from the original black hole that are still down there. Yeah. And, but it's, it's unbelievable to be down there. It's a family. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody loves everybody. And it's, it's a family. It's a family. And you guys have become lifelong friends, right? All these guys. Oh yes, absolutely. We've, there's been a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of people gone that aren't with us any longer. Um, the last one was Bedazzle, yeah. and she was she was the heartbeat down there. Uh, everybody loved that lady. Her husband is still there, um, but yeah, it's pretty good. It was it, it was hard for me to see some of the people leave, but it's all good. Yeah. Um, well, you have over twenty years of memories at the Coliseum, but if you could pick one which probably is going to be hard, but what is your favorite Coliseum memory? One. <laughs> They're all good. Yeah, um, one that really, I was thinking about that this morning, and this might sound, sound corny. Okay. <laughs> there was this, they had, it's not really corny. I, I, I really, I really enjoy, this is one thing that always stood out to me. Five years ago or so, when they were, they had, uh, they bring the military in and these the all retired veterans and all of this. There was this one guy named Mickey. Mm -hmm. he's, he was 95 years old and he's out there on the field. And I go, you're 95. I go, you look better than me. <laughs> and I go, I bet you could. And he got down in the three-point stance in front. He goes, yeah. He goes, I'm ready, you know, to play. <laughs> well. And that was that was one, and then they just had another deal with him. And Mickey was there. He's in a wheel. He's a, they had his hundredth birthday out there on the field. You know, and it just um, it kind of brings me to tears that somebody like him could be out there um, and still be there a hundred years old. And I remember that guy really good, Mickey. His name was Mickey, the Navy guy. Oh, that's awesome. That was one of the great memories for me. I mentioned earlier on the podcast, one of my favorite memories uh, professionally is parking my car in the media lot and then walking over to your tailgate and seeing your really awesome Raiders car, which actually was made out of pieces from my mom's Suburban. Isn't that correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, when I got the Suburban from your dad, I drove that for quite a few years. And then I actually, I had sold it or gave it to my son and my son trashed it. And then uh, uh, one of your cousins, uh, your mother's cousins, uh, got, came and got it, and they built the wagon. And then your dad calls me and says, hey, this guy's going to get rid of the wagon. And I go, well, what's it? So I went over and got it, and that was it. Uh, that wagon is absolutely, um, it's changed a whole bunch right now. <laughs> but um, from what I remember, at least from, what, two years ago, um, it was all black, and it says, what did it say on the side? Does it say Raiders or something? Uh, the Raider Mobile? What no, I just, I had Raider, no, it doesn't say Mobile. Everybody calls it, I'm like, the Raider Wagon. No, I just had the stickers on the side, and then maybe I had my uh, Raider Nation in the back window, through, I mean, through the side windows on there, and then that 
those wore out. But everybody knows, everybody recognized your car. And that was like the premier tailgate spot was right there uh, in the front. Um, you had the nice little side spot, too, where you didn't have to walk, you know, through all the cars. You were just right there on the end. And I'm sure that you, you know, uh, had a ton of memories, um, built a ton of memories over the years just by tailgating and meeting a bunch of people, right? Oh, man. I, I, everybody comes by there. Everybody wants to take pictures. I had to train my babs. Uh, you know them. Uh, yeah. um, uh, <laughs> Your girls. His girls, everyone. His girls. <laughs> yeah, my girls. <laughs> They're the ones that, that's their name. They're the ones that, that came up with the Babs. So I always had an American flag canopy out there. And then we would party and everybody would come by. I mean, the football players, Lincoln Kennedy. You know, I mean, uh, Plunkett. And I mean, Everybody, if they were walking in the parking lot, they came by and of course, everybody wanted a margarita. <laughs> um, you were making the margaritas. Oh, yeah. I've been doing the margaritas ever since we've been doing that. Um, even that, in fact, uh, Gorilla Rillis uh, runs by there and Papa, Papa, he's going, Papa, Papa, just say Papa. He I knew what he, he wanted a margarita. I got to have a straw for him to drink it because he can't. <laughs> drink it without a, without a straw yeah <laughs> that's actually <laughs> yeah. really really funny sundays are going to look a lot different now oh i was thinking about that this morning i've been you know kind of getting ready and uh, packing the gear getting ready for sunday and i'm thinking to myself while i'm washing i go man this is going to be the last time that i'm going to be doing this it's kind of sad it's sad it's something i'm going to miss it's a lot of work a lot of hassle. It's a four-day operation from start to finish, um, but it's something I'm going to miss because the people out there, but nobody, nobody tailgates like the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Nobody. And when we would see 49er fans walking walking around, of course, we'd let them have it, but <laughs> when we would see them walking around, the, the, my saying is, is, hey, the 49er fans come here to learn how to tailgate. And <laughs> and that's a fact, because any 49er fan that's ever been there, I got to admit, I brought a couple of 49er fans with me before. Uh, but... They can't believe it. Nobody can believe what it's like out there in that parking lot. I have friends that come from L.A. They come for every game from L.A., two different groups of friends that come from L.A., and these guys cook and have a good time, and uh, everybody's in the same place. I've had that same parking place. I, I haven't got a clue how I got it, but I always get the same spot every game so that's why it's easy for people to, to to find me and and my girls when they go they bring in on bart and they said that they can see if i'm set up because they can see my canopy from the bart platform coming across coming across to come into the stadium so yeah that's awesome it's wonderful i wish i could have got your mom and dad to come more um, your your mom had a good time the last time we were there. She came. No, my mom it likes a margarita. My mom will not, you know, ever refuse a, a good margarita. Let me tell you. My dad, on the other hand, too <laughs> close in proximity, and he's not a fan of. And I think I said on a podcast a few months ago. Uh, well, not a few months ago. It was probably last year. Uh, a story about. I think it was that game. I'm not sure if you know, but I got my parents' tickets. It was when I was covering the team, and I got them tickets, and my dad punched a guy. 
no, I didn't hear about that. Andrew, he? he punched a guy. Andrew, so my dad punched a guy. What happened was he went to go get some food or a drink or something for my uh, mom. And he was in line in the concourse somewhere, whatever, in line. And some young dude, like, tried to, like, cut the line, and people were pissed. So my dad goes, hey, pal, you know, like, stand in line. And he goes, what are you going to do about it, old man? And he punched him. (laughs) And the worst part about all this is everybody, like, loved it, clearly. But here's the worst part. The police or security were looking for my dad, and they were literally looking in his section, and my dad was just pretending like nothing happened and, like, just sitting there like nothing happened. Because they wouldn't think an old man like my father would have punched this younger dude. You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, my God. My dad is so crazy. So I'm glad my dad didn't go to any other games because he doesn't understand how it works. And him, of all people, who his dad built the freaking Oakland Coliseum, like he doesn't enjoy (laughs) games like a normal fan should enjoy games. He's just a crazy person. That's actually true uh, that your grandfather... uh actually uh, worked on that when it was built. But the bottom line is, is down there in the black hole. I mean, you get some people, this drunk, this, some of these guys get drunk and they're, they get stupid. Yeah. I mean, they're just stupid. They don't want to listen to any. I've, I've probably been in more fights down there in the black hole than anybody, I think. Oh, God, why, talk. Andrew? We ain't going to talk about that, okay? <laughs> At least you're all whole. You're all whole. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you know, I mean, you can only take so much from somebody. You know, I can ask somebody, you know, I mean, I think the only difference between me and your father is, is I smile more than he does. Yeah, that is true. For those who know my dad, you know, my dad doesn't <laughs> smile. But the funny thing is, my dad, he's not who he is perceived to be like that. He has this outer tough shell, but my dad is a little softy. And you know that because he has all girls and he loves his family to death. He just uh, if you if you don't know him, you think he's like the meanest guy ever. But he really isn't. Yeah, Your dad is one of the best people that I know. Your dad come up with a lot of good advice that I've used in my life. And he's younger than me. He's younger. He's 70. You're older. I didn't know that. I'm 72 oh. going on. 73 in May, I think, yeah. You said you think, you think. <laughs> well, I got I to gotta get there. It's only December, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get there, Andrew. Don't say that. But no, thank you for saying that. My dad is awesome. My dad is awesome. I'm blessed. This is one guy. Your dad was the guy that when they're, we're in construction. Now, layoffs are a big thing in construction. But your dad always called around and tried to place Everybody in a job somewhere else until he got another job going. And he did that for all of his guys, every one of them, including me. Mm, he's awesome. Um, and so he kept people working. He kept people working. The, the owner of the company really doesn't even like your dad, but he's been there. <laughs> your know. dad is the only one. Your dad is the only one that keeps makes him money. Your dad has never lost him money. And so he, what is he going to do? I'm laughing because that is so freaking true. I'm like, how does my dad still have a job there, but it doesn't get along with the freaking owner of the company? Like, that makes no sense. But I guess it kind of does make sense because my dad gets the job done, you know? He knows what he's doing. Exactly. Exactly. That is so funny for you to say that. But so that's why it's also funny because my dad is a huge Raiders fan, but he just doesn't like that. 
game day atmosphere of rowdiness, I guess, because he has no uh, patience. And so literally, if my dad went to every single game, he probably would get in a fight every single game. So we're doing Raider Nation a favor by keeping my dad outside of the Coliseum. So <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I wish you. I wish, because I've asked him a whole bunch. Every year I ask him, hey, come on, come to a game. Come on, come on. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Hey, you know my dad, he likes that seat in front of the TV in the kitchen right there, his little chair, and that's where he watches the game. <laughs> yes, he does. He's, he's at that, if he's not at that table, I don't know where he was. He's at, he's at, he's out in the garage or, or out in the back. Working on his cars. Like wrenching on a car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. So, um, all right, well, will you be... Watching from the couch, will you try to make any games to Vegas? I mean, obviously, it's going to be super expensive for, you know, Bay Area fans. You got to take a flight into consideration, hotel expenses, etc. I mean, it's expensive if you're going to be a season ticket holder in Vegas. I'm assuming you're not going to be doing that. But will you try to make some games at all? Right now, I plan on being at the home opener there. But other than that, yeah, but... See, now this is where I transfer that wagon, my Raider wagon transfers. When I get all of, all the tailgate stuff out of it, if I put that seat, the back seat down, I got I got this eight feet by four feet wide in there. I got a place to sleep. I carry my own hotel with me if I need to, you know. So uh, I'll be going to some of the games, uh, maybe some of the closer games. But, yeah, I'm pretty much uh, priced out. The way that's set up. Yeah, because that's expensive. I mean, fans, some of them probably would have to refinance their house. People have to be really, really rich and well off in order to afford these tickets. Because then you have to pay for a PSL. Those are just ridiculous in itself. Then the ticket prices. Then the travel expenses. I mean, golly, how can a true Raider fan actually go to a Raider game, to be completely honest? I, yeah. I'm afraid that it is going to turn into a neutral site and no longer be a real Raiders home game. You know what I mean? Well, I heard a rumor, and I don't know how true it is, is that they're going to discourage people from costuming up in Vegas. I hope that's not true. I, uh, that was just something I heard. And also, I, I heard kind of a rumor that the stadium might not be ready for the next season. We'll see. Start. I know we're, we might be doing this uh, podcast again in a, in a year. <laughs> if they have to come, <laughs> they have to come back. <laughs> I'll just replay it. Honestly, no. I'm tired at this point. I'm kind of tired of this. Oh, are they leaving? Are they not leaving? I just just go. You know, just go. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's the same thing. It's like last year. We thought that was the last game last year. You know, and we all were all sad and uh, had some things for my girls. You know, and then boom. They're there, and then I'm scrambling because I was I was scrambling to get the, my money together to get my tickets again. You know, I, it was the sad thing about Vegas for me is, is that uh, being where I was sitting in the front row, that at, when they first started all the sales and everything, that all the front row people um, w had first choice. I could have got a whole bunch of front row seats and everything, but it was out of my out of my pocketbook. You know, way out. How much was it? Do you remember? Well, it was it was like close to nine thousand dollars per seat for mine, and that's the, I think that's the cheap one. You're talking about PSL or actually the tickets? Because the PSLs have to be way more than nine thousand. Well, that's what that's what they were saying then. It was nine thousand. 
Um, it was the PSL. Oh, because but maybe they were giving you guys a deal because you guys were season ticket holders. Right. I, I am not sure how they how they did it or because we were front rows and all of that. Yeah, because yeah. they should uh-huh. give the black hole a discount. I'm sorry. Like if I was Mark, honestly, like to do the smart thing, at least for the first year, if I was Mark, I'd be like, you know what? We're paying for all you black hole season ticket holders who have been, you know, a member or at least a season ticket holder for, for, for 20 plus years because we still want that still feeling, you know, still that atmosphere of the black hole when we go into our new stadium. We still want to feel that. If I was Mark, I would have done something like that. I mean, obviously, he needs to make his money back because that stadium, well, he didn't pay for all of it, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Not a lot of it at all, actually. But, you know, that stadium cost $1.9 billion dollars to uh, build obviously it's coming out of taxpayer dollars um, in Vegas a lot of it and they need to make money but uh, but for like a good faith offering for guys like you Gorilla Rilla etc you guys deserve a big discount at least like an 80% discount on those tickets because you guys make the atmosphere well I wish they felt that way because <laughs> I might be gone <laughs> but yeah now, the way they did the financing on the stadium um, is that they they just put a dollar tax on every room rented in Vegas. Every room, they had a dollar uh, every night. It was a dollar a day for everybody had to pay that had a room there, which is nobody would miss a dollar. Yeah. And to, to me, to me, that was the best way to actually finance the stadium better than, I mean, because the people of Oakland, um, even if they wanted to, the people of Oakland, not, they're not all Raider fans and they're not all can afford all that. They can't, they couldn't afford to have to, and then the taxpayers would have to pay for it all. Um, I, I kind of agree with the way they did it. Um, if they would have built the stadium in Oakland there, it was going to be all housing and retail around there. And it was just going to be the game and they were going to do like they did. Um, for the for the Santa Clara whiners to have hardly any tailgating or you had to park a mile away um, to get to the stadium. And that's the way it was going to be in Oakland, too, if they would have gone through with that. Yeah, I mean, and also, again, like Libby Shaft, they didn't want any taxpayer dollars to pay for the stadium, which I completely 100% understand because around Oakland right now, they need money to do other things. Have you seen the streets? Have you seen the roads? Have you seen, I mean, it's they need money to do a lot of other things. And no million, a billionaire was going to hand Mark Davis, you know, a couple billion dollars. Nobody was going to yeah. just give the Raiders a couple billion dollars. That's the unfortunate part of things because that's what you hope would happen, right? And you would hope that Mark Davis had the money himself. But Vegas is like, hey, we got you. Come over here. We got you. So that's why, you know, it's it's working out for them. And I can't blame Mark. I can't blame them because, yeah, my grandfather, when he built the Coliseum, this is in the 60s. It is over 50-something years old. The Raiders deserve and need a new Coliseum. So with that said, you can't be mad, right? Are you? Do you understand how this is a better move for them financially? Are you okay with it? Are you heartbroken? I mean, what are your feelings just about them leaving, period, in general? Because you've already been through this a couple times when they left for L.A. Well, actually, <clears throat> when they were here, the stadium was always sold out. And um, I was always working. Uh, in fact, I had my own business at the time, and, and I was always working. So I never even went to a game until they moved to L.A. I I started going to the games in L.A. I was at the playoff game when we played the Bengals 
And Bo Jackson got hurt at that game. I was actually, actually, that was the first time that I was on TV. Oh. Um, like I still got, I still got that on video. That was when we, the phones were at your house and people, my, my answering machine was full from New York, <laughs> Florida, everything. Yeah, I saw you on TV. You know, but yes, it's, it's very sad. And, but it's a very business wise. Um, I think it's the best deal as far as business. Yeah. The locker rooms um, in the Coliseum flood out. Yeah. Uh, so I've been there. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, and they, I mean, I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, I mean, and a retro, it would be just as much as to put up a new one, but um, it, it's, it's a bittersweet thing to me. It's kind of sad. It, it It's sad. But it's a relief that they're going to they're be gone. The stadium is sold out. The the new stadium is, from what I understand, is sold out. And I'm sure that all the casinos and the hotels got a, bought a lot of that so they can set up packages for people um, to go to the games and stuff like that. Yeah, so. but which at the same time, like when you have corporate seating and stuff, it's not the same. It's just like with the Warriors, you know? I know Warriors going from Oracle to their new stadium, the atmosphere wasn't going to be quite the same because you have a lot of those, you know, rich people or companies that are giving their tickets away to guests or whatever, other rich people who are not true fans. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, and corporate suites and all that stuff. They're not the true fans. And then you got the poor fans that are actually true fans in the nose bleeds or they can't even afford to walk into the door which is really sad in my opinion i mean it's fortunate if you're rich and you can afford it also a lot of people who are diehard raiders fans will sell things to afford you know season tickets i've heard like crazy stories just so they can um afford to get a few tickets in the new stadium have you heard any crazy stories of your you know friends or anybody you know that had to sell some things in order to afford some tickets well i'll tell you Last year, the year before, to get my tickets, I went uh, a whole month on rations so I could have my tickets. I mean, because they only give you so much time to pay off, pay, give your pay for your tickets anyway. I mean, you got to have the money there by a certain time, and it's always January, February, you know. Um, you mean you just like didn't eat? You didn't eat? I ate, but I rationed myself out pretty good. You know, I stay home a lot. <laughs> Oh man, you know, for the Raiders, golly, now that makes me so sad. Like they don't deserve you. They don't deserve you, Andrew. Hey, I'm a Raider. I've been a Raider. I'm a Raider. Anybody asks me anything, even when I say goodbye, when somebody says I'll see you, I don't say I'll see you later. I says I'll see you Raider. <laughs> oh, you know? I love that. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, I'm a Raider. I mean, like two years in a row, um, I got rear-ended in my in my station wagon. Uh, in 17 coming home from the game this lady hit me so hard that she bent the frame on that three-quarter ton truck frame on that car and bent it and i worked all summer i had my friend i that was so busy but he took the time to get my car had to put a new frame in the rear of this car and everything just so i can make the first game for the Raiders to have my car in the tailgate at the Raiders game. And um, we got it. We barely got it running the day, but got it finished the day before the game. Um, but I made it to the game. I broke down on the way there, but I made it to the game. Oh, man. And then, 
And then the next year with that car, the engine blew. So I had to put a new engine in it this summer. And then the guy bailed on me and I worked all the way to the, to the last day I was on my way to the game and the car broke down the game. And I only missed one game since I've had that car. And, but yeah, that's, that's my thing is I'm going to be there no matter what. Mark Davis, he needs to hear stories like this. And I'm sure he understands. I mean, he does have a, a understanding of a lot of Raider fans and what they do to sacrifice, what they have to sacrifice to get to games and to, um, be able to just afford a single game ticket, etc. Um, but these are the stories that they need to hear. So hopefully they could, in good faith, maybe hook you guys up with some tickets in Vegas, man. Because I'm telling you, you you do. I'm a fan, but I think I've been spoiled for too many years of getting free press passes and etc. Where yeah. I'm not selling my car or I'm not going to go without food to get to a dang football game. You got me messed up all the way messed up. Well, wait a minute. I didn't, I didn't totally go without food. I'm a fat guy. I eat, I have to eat, you know, one thing that I got to say to every Raider fan that's listening their nose when we're in the stadiums and we need to start yelling. And especially when it's third down that they need to start yelling when they're trying to call the plays in from the sideline to the guy in the helmet. Because if he can't catch it right away, then when they get over there and he's trying to tell everybody what the play is um, and we're yelling, they can't hear. And that helps us. And when it gets to third down, if anybody who sees me, I stand up on my chair, I turn around and I take up my hard hat and I start waving it in the air and people start yelling and we need to keep yelling. That's it. You got to be a Raider. I'm a Raider for life. I'm Raider for life, period. Yeah, so make sure that you guys show up on Sunday against the Jaguars. It might not be the prettiest of opponents, and it may be um, a very tough time with the Raiders losing, what, three in a row? Yeah, but but at this point, a friend of mine came over here the other day, and he goes, well, who are you playing? And I go, it doesn't make any difference who we're playing. This is our last game in Oakland. It doesn't make any difference who we're playing, whether we win or whether we lose. This is, of course, it makes a difference whether we win or lose, but it, <laughs> it, it's our last game. Show it up. doesn't matter. Show this up. is our last game. You got to, the real people have to be there, not the fair weather. And Andrew, you better not be booing either. Pardon me? You better not be booing. The Boo Birds. I'm glad you brought that up. I was really, I was really, really upset. And I go, hey, we're not doing good. We haven't had a real playoff team, okay? I mean, realistically, people got to be realistic. But to sit there and boo our team was an actual place to me, and it really ticked me off. And I wish I could have gone and said something to everybody. And if anybody asked me, I would tell them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... You know, booing them is not a thing. I mean, obviously, Carr isn't doing what he should be doing, but that's it. Don't matter at this point of the game here right now. But they the defense—it was the defense that was worse. That was the oh lord, the defense was terrible. Let's just be yeah, honest: the defense was terrible that game. Well, we're all we're all rookies. They're all rookies too. I mean, besides anything else, they're all rookies, and we got a lot of major uh, our. Are all what most of our best players are hurt, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, no, no, no. that's what I'm saying. I, I, yeah. I explained this in the last podcast. You know that, hey, Raider Nation, 
At this point, if you have the chance to win out and win nine games this season after a four-win season last year, you would have taken it. Yeah. They were just spoiled when they had won three straight, and now they've been on this losing streak, which I get it. They should have beat um, the Jets, okay? The Titans are a good team, so I'm not even mad about that loss. It was those losses that they got their butts kicked that they shouldn't have lost. They should not have lost to the Jets for one, and— they could have beat that the Texans, so we could have had a different season. They could still be in the running for the playoffs. Now they need a miracle. The sad part is that's why I'm upset that the last game at the Coliseum doesn't really mean much because I wanted it to be, you know, the Raiders still in the thick of things in the playoffs. They got to get the job done against Jacksonville, blah, blah, blah. I wish it meant more for the fans because I feel like you guys deserve it. At the same time, you're right. It is the last game at the Coliseum, so the fans need to just— um, take it all in, support your team, regardless of what happens, and keep the boo birds inside. Do not boo your freaking team because, one, it embarrasses your home team, and the opposing team is laughing at you, and it f- fires them up. It literally fires up the opposing team. The team gets pumped to see that the home crowd is getting booed, and it just fuels them. So you're not doing yourself any favors by booing. No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You're totally right on that. I mean, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. I was really mad, but I'm, I don't know. People are just getting busted, busted, disgusted. That's it. Uh, you know, the thing is, Andrew, like I had said that on uh, Twitter, I had posted about how I hate when fans, um, the home crowd is booing their home team. You know, I said that and fans went crazy. Like some fans agreed, but like the majority of fans go, we pay, you know, we pay a pretty penny to go to those games. We earn the right to do it. Da, da, da. Okay. I get that part. But at the same time, you think that the players really want to suck. <laughs> you think the players really want to lose. They don't, they don't want to lose and they don't want to suck as much as you guys don't want them to suck. And, it's just the fact about being a fan. Support your team through thick and thin no matter what. What is booing going to do? Booing is just going to make you guys all look stupid. That's it. So so really, what is it going to do? <laughs> Nothing. So just, you know, like I said, keep it to yourself. Um, anyways, I appreciate you joining me, Andrew. It was fun. Um, I do have one final question. I want to know because I never asked you this. Who's your favorite Raiders player of all time? Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson. Oh, Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson. Those are some two. Uh, Bo is one of my favorites. But I was also very young, so I just only remember growing up and having those posters. Bo Knows. All the Bo Knows posters. <laughs> yeah. That's what I remember growing up. But, yeah, yeah, for sure, those are two great players. I thought you were going to say something like my dad. My dad loved Kenny Stabler. You weren't going to say Kenny Stabler? Kenny Stabler was up there. I mean, Kenny Stabler used to bring a six-pack of beer with him to practice. I know. That, that's, okay. I think that's why my dad liked him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anyway, and, and all those players back then, um, yeah, you know, I'm a defensive guy for, for real, but um, I always say, and I still say to this day, that we need more Marcus Allen type players out there. But Josh Jacobs should make you pretty excited. Yeah, you know, I, I, the only thing I don't like about 
running the football is when they try to run right up the middle and there is nowhere to go ever. And it's, I think it's the worst play in football, if you want to know the truth. <laughs> uh, <running. laughs> well, you know, they're hoping that the blockers will open up some running lanes down the middle or, you know, yeah. push the pile at least a little bit and pick up a few yards. <laughs> yeah. But I get it. You're talking about picking up only, you know, one or two yards or not even yeah. that, just getting back to the line of scrimmage. Yes, I get it. It's frustrating. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's football. But yeah, that's, you know, I mean, and you could put the uh, uh, Matuzak, uh, um, Alzado, um, uh, defensive guys. Those are some of, but those are back in the day when they didn't, we didn't have as many. Uh, uh, the way it looks right now is that we're going to end up going to flag football the way that this uh, referee. Oh, the rules. Is yeah, with the rules. I know the rules are just terrible. The rule, rules are just freaking soft and terrible these days, but. You know, I, I understand some of them. I don't understand a lot of them, especially because yeah, I understand the player safety part, but I don't understand, like, the inconsistency of calls. So that's what's the most frustrating part with this new-aged football and rules. But, hey, at least you were alive when the Raiders won three Super Bowls, okay? So I've never experienced it. I, I was born, like, seven months after they won their third Super Bowl. So hush up. The most success I've witnessed was getting our butts whooped in the Super Bowl by John Gruden and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when I was a freshman in college at UCLA. So for me, it's been painful being a Raiders fan. I'm sure I know over the years for you, especially when you did experience those three Super Bowls, um, since then it's been a pretty painful fan experience for you as well. Right, Andrew? (laughs) Yes and no. I mean, I'm a Raider and, and, Pain or no pain, and I don't care what anybody says about the Raiders or anybody else. Uh, I'm a Raider, whether we win, whether we lose, no matter whether we move, whether no matter what, I'm a Raider. And if you come to, if you were at my house right now, I just finished putting up my Raider Christmas tree, and <laughs> I even told Jim Otto uh, that when Al Davis was alive, Every year in December, they used to have a party for the season ticket holders in the or- down below in the Oracle. Mm-hmm. They used to have a buffet and all that, and the uh, players would be in there signing autographs and everything like that. Hasn't been any of that since he passed away. But we were down there, and I was getting autographs. Uh, I brought my ki- grandkids and my kids down there, and I was getting an autograph from Jim Otto. And I looked at him and I go, you know, you're the angel on the top of my tree. And he just cracked up. He thought that was because I have this, you know, those little punching dolls, the little boxing things that they have. Well, it's got a Raider helmet on it with double O. And that's the angel on the top of my Christmas tree. All my Christmas tree is black with all Raider stuff. And I got Jim Otto up there holding the American flag on the top of my tree. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. I got my man cave uh whatever they want to call it my room um everything i have hanging on the walls in there now i did this after the last game because i thought it was the last year um i have everything that i'm in from newspapers magazines uh, my girls all of that uh on my wall out there that uh, actually pertains to what part of it what i was that's awesome i'm in there looking at even the sign that, I don't know, did you used to go see down in the black hole in the parking lot? Um, they had that big sign hanging when they had their black hole, and it had, I was the center of that black hole, the, 
uh, football's most notorious fan. Oh yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. I got that. I got that sign hanging in my room here. Oh, that's it. awesome. Eight it's eight by eight. So yes, Andrew, you are a Raider through and through. So. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to speak with me. I bet Raider Nation is going to love this and they can relate to you. Um, and enjoy Sunday. Okay, don't cry. Don't shed a tear, but enjoy it. And hopefully the Raiders can get a W for you and all the loyal Raiders fans as well. I'm sure they will. And they would love to see John Gruden because John Gruden won't come down to see us unless he wins. So come on, John. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Andrew. Thank you so okay. much. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you all later. Right. All right. I love you, honey. Bye-bye. All right. Love you, too. Bye. So that was some good stuff right now from Andrew Domenico. He's basically like my uncle, guys. I've known him forever. And I cannot believe some of the things that he's done for Raider Nation, you know, and for the team. I'm sure there are a lot of you out there who have sacrificed a lot to be able to afford game tickets, etc., so kudos to you all. You're better than me. Let me tell you that. <laughs> um, anyway, so here are my final thoughts. I just want to say, you know, as much as it pains me to admit, come on, guys, you know, the move to Las Vegas needed to happen. OK, they needed a new stadium. The once beautiful Coliseum, you know, that my grandfather helped build in the 1960s is now a dump. And that's OK. It was built 50-some years ago. It's just facts. The Raiders were never going to get a new stadium in Oakland, okay? They were never going to get one, and they needed one. As you know, Mayor Libby Schaff and company, you know, were adamant that taxpayer dollars would not be used to fund a new stadium. I do not blame her for that, okay? And nobody was just going to give Mark Davis a couple billion dollars to build one. So Vegas stepped in and... It was really the right move to make. It was the right move to make for the Raiders, for the future of the franchise, and financially. They are going to have a $1.9 billion state-of-the-art stadium. And according to Forbes, the Raiders are now the 12th most valuable NFL franchise at an estimated worth $2.9 billion. Before the move, they were the least valuable franchise. So again, this was a great move for the Raiders financially. It doesn't help lessen the blow. I know it, guys. It still hurts. It still stings. But the reality is, Sunday will mark the end of an era in Oakland. And for those of you going to the game, please soak it all in. Have fun. Enjoy the moment. I'm pregnant, so I can't drink. So throw a few back for me. God bless you, and God bless Raider Nation. I'm out.